0: Good morning are um are any of you guys fans of that sport where they throw around that oddly shaped ball <laughs> anybody L- literally or is this, this isn't I'm not gonna condemn you <laughs> like you can raise your hand um I personally am not, but I, I'm like social everything. So, I mean, if the game's on, like, I'll yell for either team. Probably the one with the better uniform, I haven't decided yet. But I'll pick once I see them. Um, you know, Oregon's not, it's not, you know, they have really cool uniforms. So I always vote for them, but they're not in it. Who is it, the Bengals and the Bears? Or are they the same thing? I don't think anybody cares. No one cares? Okay, great. Okay. Well, now you guys know how I feel every Super Bowl Sunday. I don't care either. Go Bills, whoever that is. (laughs) Yeah, so you're not going to get one of those generic, like where the pastor starts to pray and he's like, Lord... And just help them crush that. You know, when they like throw in the football terminology and everyone laughs, it's like, you're not getting that this morning. Um, so, my title today is The Two R's. All right. Now, if you haven't heard about the theological principle of the two R's, I'm going to share that with you guys today. If you haven't heard it before, That is probably because I made it up last night. So that might be why you haven't heard the terminology. I was going to see if anyone would raise their hand, be like, who's heard of this theological principle, and see if anyone raised their hand. But it's too small of a room. If it was bigger, I could call people out like that. So um, we're going to talk about the two R's. I'm going to dive into two different words that start with the letter R. And the first word is responsibility. All right. Now, I don't know about you, but the older I get, I seem to just get more of this stuff. It just keeps coming my way. And every once in a while, I think back to my days where I would sit on the couch and play video games all day. And I'm like, man, how did life work like that, you know? Like, life without all of these responsibilities. So whether you're a husband, a mother, a friend, a business owner, a coworker, whatever it might be, you have responsibilities, right? I remember when we used to go to kids' camp, Pastor Sue, um, you know, she was so much fun, but she's, we, you know, we'd run around and we'd play and we'd scream in the church. And then at the end, she'd get serious and she'd go, We, we have fun, but we need to honor the house of the Lord. And she'd go, So you need to pick up your trash. You have to pick up your trash. And then she, she said this thing that would like still to this day, it's like a knife in my stomach. And she would go, if you walk by a piece of trash, you're just as guilty as the person that threw it on the ground. And I was like, oh, why would you say that? You know, so I'd walk out like this. I'm like, no, not looking. I'm not going to be guilty. But, um, you know, a lot of us carry responsibility, whether you're aware of it or not, because we see, Fathers, we see husbands, all these people that they have the responsibility and sometimes they don't live up to that responsibility, right? We see that culturally, we see it on the news and things like that, but that doesn't mean you don't still have that responsibility even if you don't tend to live up to it. My second um, R word is reconciliation. So I'm going to be talking about the fact that there is a responsibility of reconciliation. All right? Isn't that a big word? I was very proud of myself. So reconciliation, the definition just means to get this. It doesn't just mean to restore. It means to restore relationships. Reconciliation means to restore relationships. And I believe my theological point that I'm making today that is now a principle that you guys will learn about many years from now, is that you have a responsibility to reconcile relationships. You have a responsibility to reconcile relationships. So I'm gonna talk out of the amazing chapter, Matthew 5, for a minute. And um, we're just gonna read this verse. It's pretty common, but maybe you've read it a million times, or maybe you haven't read it at all. So this is Matthew 5, verse 23, all right? It says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now, you could theologically argue that God actually cares more about relationships than he does worship. Because he wants you to then leave the place of worship, fix the relationship, and then come back to the place of worship. And you know, I rarely, rarely see people living out this verse personally. In my own you know, view of people's lives, I rarely see this verse Lived out. What I normally see lived out is, well, they are so easily offended. (laughs) What I normally see lived out is, well, if they have a problem, they need to come to me and talk to me. That's what they need to do. If they really have a problem, if they really care about our relationship, they would come and talk to me about it. And I'm like, you know, that actually does make a lot of sense can you chapter and verse me, please? <laughs> because so far, I've found a lot of stuff about Jesus telling us to go and fix the problem when someone else has a problem with us. And I'm like, that doesn't seem to make any sense. I'm like, they're the ones with the problem, you know? And um, so I think one of the main reasons is we have it you know, turned around. One of the main reasons why we don't reconcile our relationships a lot of the time is because we don't realize that we have the responsibility to do so. So you do have, disclaimer, you have a responsibility to reconcile those relationships. Matthew 5 says it. Right? This isn't even me. I'm just quoting stuff. So I believe another reason why um, we don't reconcile relationships is because a lot of us are just not self-aware. Like, we aren't socially aware, and we're not self-aware. So we go around offending people all the time. And then we get home, and like there's just this wreckage behind us. And we're like, well, I don't have anyone to go and reconcile with before I offer my gift. And you know, there's like wounded people like, my leg, you know, like behind us. They have like no idea. And really, we've caused this like road of damage. And we're not even aware of it because we're, we're not self-aware. So I believe being self-aware is a key point in being able to live out Matthew 5, 23. The fact that Jesus said when you walk into a church and you're getting ready to offer your sacrifice, or in other translations, your gift, when you're getting ready to give a gift to the Lord, and to think that the Lord would look back at you and say, Can you actually hold on to that for a second? Can you go fix some of your relationships first and then come back? Most of us would never step foot in a church again. We'd be like, well, I'm offended. (laughs) I'm offended. I'm not coming back. But to think that that is the Lord's heart, that he loves people so much, that he wants us to be a reflection of him, So he goes, the most important thing is how you love on other people, because they're going to know you by how you love, and they're going to know me by you. You're good, Ashley. You look so embarrassed right now. (laughs) (laughs) She almost made it. She's like, please don't call me out. Please don't call me out. (laughs) You almost made it to your seat. All right. (laughs) This is Proverbs 12, 1. It says, to learn. You must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. To learn you must love discipline, it is stupid to hate correction. It is stupid to hate correction. I've told this story so many times, but I would definitely, a couple years ago, maybe even one year ago, I would classify myself as not being self-aware. Like if you just look back over the years of my life, I truly believe I've gotten like slowly better and better and better. And there is one reason for that. And her name is Allie, used to be Palmer, now Wilkinson. All right, so that that is the only reason. And and it solely happened because after we would leave social settings, we would then get in the car. And like car rides when you're married, they're just a little bit different, you know? And she would then bring up the the things that, that I would happen to say to people, and she would go, "You said so and so to Caleb. That was kind of rude." And I would go, "That's not rude. There is nothing wrong with that. If he got offended with that, he should come talk to me. You know, <laughs> what, what's why would he get offended by that?" And it was it was like time and time again that um, I love her, and I, I I asked for this. I really did that I would sit in the car and she'd go, hey, so you, you sounded, um, sounded kind of arrogant. You sounded kind of full of it. And she'd go through this stuff and she'd go, the reason why I'm telling you is because I love you so much and I know how humble you are and I know how loving you are. And it kills me to think that someone would look at you and not see those same characteristics. And she goes, that's why I'm telling you this. and. After those beautiful words, I had to get to the point where i went i don 't see what you 're saying i don't i don 't think I was rude, but you know what i 'm just going to trust you if you say it was rude i'm i 'm going to own it, and i 'm going to apologize anyway like I said i know i 've told this story so many times, but there' was, I cannot explain it there's like this spiritual shift that happened where as soon as I made that decision, it was like the curtain opened up, and it was like, oh, I said what? (laughs) I did what? And it was like all of a sudden, I, I stepped out behind the curtain because I decided to trust someone else more than I trusted myself. So there is this need to be self-reflective. There's this need to be aware of what you're doing and what you're saying if you're actually going to have good relationships. If you're actually going to be able to love on people, love on your wife, your husband, your friends, your family, you actually have to be aware of when you hurt people. And guess what? Your intentions don't matter. Yeah. How, many of, how many of you guys have been caught saying that? Well, that wasn't my intentions. Yeah. It wasn't my intentions to hit that pedestrian on the side of the road. <laughs> It's like, oh, really? (laughs) We didn't know that. Go on, you know? It still causes pain. It still causes damage, whether or not you meant it or you didn't mean it. But as Christians, we have this responsibility to reconcile our relationships. We have this responsibility that it's not all about the church building. It's about actually the Lord going, hey, you need to lay that gift down. You need to go back out, and you need to go talk to Adam. You need to go talk to Susan, because you, they're actually offended with you. I'm going to read the verse again, Matthew 5, 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there. Go and be reconciled with that person, then come and offer your gift. Now the other um, thing I hear most of the time is, well, why would I go, I didn't do anything wrong? You know like why would I put myself through that because it really wasn't my fault? Here's your answer: It wasn't your fault, but it's still your responsibility. Amen. <laughs> So it wasn't your fault that they got offended, but it's your responsibility to go and be reconciled with that person. Matthew 5 says so. (laughs) Anyway, and um, I hear a lot of times people go, well, this is a little bit more on the unhealthy side. And they go, well, I'll I'll take a step when they take a step. I'll take a step when they take a step. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to move Because they moved, I'm going to move because Matthew 5 actually holds me accountable to move. So that's actually going to be my determining factor in why I take steps. I don't really care whether they move or not because the Lord's actually given me a responsibility. Just like there's a responsibility as a husband, there's a responsibility as a Christian to go, hey, I can't continue to offer gifts to the Lord while this person is offended with me. So whether they choose to actually be reconciled, I'm going to make that decision to go and try. Because Romans twelve eighteen says, this is a crazy verse, right? It says, if it is possible. Someone say, if it is possible. If it is possible yeah. That was pretty good. I was a little bit nervous, but that worked. All right. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone if it is possible, as far or as long, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Meaning, you can't control what anyone else does, but as long as it depends on you, do whatever you can do, whatever is possible, to live at peace with everyone. You just feel the weight of responsibility is like just sitting (laughs) on your shoulders. I see John's face, he's like, I hate this message. (laughs) He's like, please stop speaking this. <laughs> there is a responsibility, there's a way to be at peace with everyone. To go forward and go, Hey, you know what? I might have upset you and and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across like that. That wasn't my intentions. I have done that, I feel like, a whole lot in the last couple years, guys. Like, I'm not just preaching this, and it's like, I have not lived this. If you are anywhere near close friends with me, I'm sure I've come up to you and gone, I'm really sorry if I was rude. I'm really sorry if I came across wrong. Because as humans, we um, we just have a tendency to kind of steamroll over people at times to kind of make people feel unloved and unwanted and undesired. And every once in a while, we have to sit back and we have to go, Lord, did I, did I steamroll over anyone? And most of the time, if you're not self-aware, then you're going, Lord, is there anybody? And you don't hear anything, and there's like aftermath behind you. And that's why you have to find someone like Ally. You have to find someone like your husband or your wife or your best friend, and you can go, hey, if I ever am rude to Caleb, who is probably an angel, will you please let me know? If I'm ever rude to anyone that's around me, to my family, if I ever sound, if whatever your, you know, sin is, wherever you start to dip in, if I ever start to act like that, will you please let me know? Because I want to apologize and I want to reconcile my relationships. And if it's at all possible, as long as it depends on me, I want to live in peace with everyone. I want my relationships to prosper. I want to live in peace with people. And it doesn't mean we just make a decision where we're like, well, I'm going to be really nice to everybody now. <laughs> I mean, if that works for you, then you're going to speak next week. But I don't know about you, but it's been this, it's been this constant journey of going, "Ah, oh, I messed up again. I was rude. I'm going to go talk to John. Oh, I, I messed up. I gotta go talk to Gary. I was rude. I talked over Lindsay. I'll go, go apologize for that. You know, and, and it's not this, um, you know, like, woe is me, I'm an awful person. But it's like, hey, you know what? I can do it better next time. I want them to know that they're valued, loved, and they're important. It doesn't mean that I beat up on myself or I'm disappointed in myself. It just means I want to live at peace with everybody. And I want to make sure everyone knows that they're valued and that they're important. And um, another reason why I find that people don't like to do this, they don't like to go and apologize when it technically wasn't their fault, because then they feel like they're going to take responsibility for the other person's behavior. Guess what? Someone else can be at fault. And you can apologize for anything you did and still not claim the responsibility for their behavior. Now, I don't know about you, but when I got married, I became one flesh with my wife. So two became one. That's my personal theology. Okay. So with that great theology, that also means every time Allie does something wrong, I seem to have a little bit of wrong in there, too, because we're one person. So every time, um, not that it happens, rarely, but if she gets you know a little bit crazy, and she yells, or it never happens, but she's rude, or anything like that, I'm not going to go, well, I, I don't need to apologize. Because guess what? We're the same person. So I can find a little bit of fault. Wherever it was, I can find a little bit of fault where maybe I didn't make her feel loved, maybe I didn't honor her, maybe I wasn't giving her enough time, and I can go, hey, Right? This part right here, I'm going to own up to that. And I'm sorry. This part right here, I'm going to do better. And it doesn't mean that I just apologize for a bunch of stuff I didn't do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I find my little bit every single day, and I go, this I'm going to own up to. This was my responsibility. I'm not saying it goes perfectly every time, but that's the goal, you know? Is I have a responsibility, and I'm going to own up to my bit. And sometimes it's this big, and sometimes it's this big. But I'm going to own up to it and go, you know what? That one's on me, and I'm sorry. I can do better next time. I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of our relationship where I went, hey, this is a problem we're having now. It will not be a problem we're having next month. This is a problem we're dealing with today, but I can promise you in a year from now, we'll look back, and things will be completely different. Because something truly happens when you own up to your portion and you go, "I can do better. I can do better." This is—I'm um, not going to talk for long, guys. Like I'm literally um, like just wrapping it up. This is all I got to say today. Okay. So if you don't get anything, go read your Bible, <laughs> which is what you should do anyway. Okay. <laughs> He didn't feed me. It's like, you eat one time a day? Oh my, like, really? You know, like, people go all week and don't eat. I'm like, man, don't look like it. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is, um, I was just kidding. That was a total joke. That was a total joke. All hear about that Yeah, and, uh, Thankfully, there's no one that can excommunicate me that I know of. <laughs> No hierarchy. All right, here we go. This is one of my favorite verses. All right, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverbs 17:9. This is one of my favorite verses. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Has anyone ever dwelled on a problem? Anyone ever dwelled on a problem? Guess what? Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Um, I was with... How am I going to tell this story? I was with one of my friends one time, and we were standing next to each other talking, and someone else came up and kind of um, just got upset and irritated over nothing and then walked away. And my friend was not at fault, right? He was just kind of standing there, and he was like, what just happened? That was a little odd. And I was just kind of watching him. And a couple moments passed by, and he went over to the person. And I couldn't hear what he was saying, but he wrapped his arms around the person. And then he came back, and I walked over to him. (laughs) I know it's kind of a vague story. And I said, hey, I could just hear Proverbs 17, 9 going through my head. And I said, guess what? Love just prospered. I said, you weren't at fault, but you were still responsible. And you, you owned up to your responsibility. And I got to watch love prosper in that moment. He didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He was the victim. He was the victim, right? but guess what, dwelling on it separates close friends, and he goes, I don't wanna separate close friends, I actually wanna bring them closer, so I'm gonna own up to my responsibility, and I'm gonna make sure love prospers. So we have a responsibility as Christians to not only reconcile relationships because we have a responsibility to do so, but we have a responsibility to make sure that love prospers. We have a responsibility as Christians, right, to um, to go make disciples of all nations, right? That's like one of our greatest responsibilities, and sadly, it seems like we suck at it very badly, <laughs> right? But it's still a responsibility whether we're good at it or not. But what I started to realize um, is if we're going to actually disciple the nations, we have to first be known by the nations. And the way that you are known by the nations is to be known by your love. So I think a really good place to start is to make sure that love is prospering. I think the more we can make sure that love is prospering, we're actually going to be known for our love and we'll be known by the nations, and then we can actually disciple the nations. Because I think there's a lot of responsibilities as wives, as husbands, as fathers, as Christians that we have a responsibility to carry, and we don't actually do anything with it. And I'm not meaning to put a bunch of weight on you, but guess what? This is really interesting. Statistically, the more responsibility one is given, the more responsible that person then becomes. So maybe the reason why you're not being responsible with your responsibilities is you actually didn't know you were given them. So I am telling you this. I'm bringing this to you to tell you, you have a responsibility to reconcile relationships. You have a responsibility to make sure love prospers. And I am telling you this so that you then will become responsible. Responsibility always makes people responsible. Let's take a moment and um, and I just want you to ask the Lord, God, whatever you call Him, as long as it's not Daddy, I don't mind. (laughs) And I just want us to. I'm so sorry. I just want us to ask the Father and go. Is there anyone that is at fault with me? Now, I don't know about you, but normally the way the Father speaks is names will just come to your mind. Is there anyone that is offended at me? Now again, if someone came to your mind, I'm going to urge you the importance of actually carrying out that responsibility and reconciling your relationship and going up to the person and going, hey, if I upset you, if I came across wrong, I'm really sorry, because that actually wasn't my intentions. And I care about our relationship, and I just want to own up to what I did. might be a coworker, might be a friend, or a mom, or a dad, or a daughter, but would you own up to your responsibility this morning? So Father, will you just um, continue to speak to us? Will you put people in our lives that will correct us in love? Will you teach us to love correction? Will you teach us to love on people and when we get it wrong to have the humility and bravery to go fix it? Because we want to make sure love prospers. We want to make sure that we reconcile our relationships. So God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. I just ask that you would bless everyone in this room, everyone listening later on. I just ask that you would bless them, that you would speak to them, that you would guide us, Father, because we want to honor you. We want to love you. And we want to love people well, In your name, amen. You can keep the lights where they are, OK? Listen, we're going to. Um, we're going to dismiss, and you guys can go. But just to let you guys know, we're um, having a small group slash Super Bowl party, if anyone cares about that, at Lindsay and Gary's house. The address is on the Church Center app, where you can pretty much ask 95% of the people here, and they'd be happy to give it to you. All right? It was an honor and a privilege having you guys here. It really was. We love Sundays. We're praying for you. We care about you. If you guys need anything, please let us know. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss. You guys have fun at lunch or whatever you're going to do. Caleb's going to um, play a song, Move My Heart. So if you want to stay and you want to worship a little bit, then feel free to stay and worship. If you want to hang out in that room, stay, talk, hang out. All right? Other than that, it was an honor and a privilege going to see you guys. See you again next week.